it is good to be here on God's day, the Lord's day, to worship Him. I tell you, the Lord has blessed us even through this weekend as God has brought us to this place. Uh, several folks have texted me and said, well, you came in with a bang this weekend. <laughs> and uh, they're right. Didn't quite envision it like that. And you know, it's, it's sometimes ignorance is bliss because, you know, we haven't... Uh, found the local channels yet we haven't heard all that was going on so yesterday we just knew the priority was we had to finish our christmas shopping all right <laughs> this transition has affected christmas shopping a little bit so we had to go to monroe and we were there and we were in the mall and you know the mall you can kind of just you're just oblivious to everything right when you're in the mall you don't know what's happening and what's going on. It's just a nice place to be sometimes. Yes, even me, a guy, just said it's a nice place to be sometimes. You didn't even know what was happening outside. But we are thankful. We are thankful that God has protected us, God has guided us, and that God has even brought us, I think, to this day where we are as a people and as a church. My family and I are so proud to be here. The last few weeks have been long weeks in a sense. As we've said goodbye, but as we have prepared ourselves to be here with part of this Temple family, we are proud to be with you today. And, you know, as we come together, we come together on Sundays in particular as the family of God to worship. That is what God has called us to do, to seek Christ and to worship Him. And as we look at this text this morning from Matthew chapter 2, you see an unlikely cast that somehow God has called to be a part of this Christmas story, the infancy narratives, where they come and they worship this Christ of Christmas. And I pray that this morning as we've come to this place, that we would come with that singular purpose of worshiping Him. Matthew chapter 2, let's begin reading in verse 1. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them whether Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. Behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary's mother and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. You know, every time I read that passage, I am reminded of this unlikely character of the wise men. I mean, really, when you think about the Christmas story, I guess you would, when you think about the narratives uh, surrounding Jesus' birth, when you think about those things, you would naturally think 
about people that would be religiously connected. You would think about people perhaps there in Israel. But how many of us, at least if we were just reading through this for the first time, would have expected that wise men, magi from the east, from that area of Persia, would be involved with the birth of Jesus? I mean, that's surprising to me. If I'm just reading through, knowing this is the, has the Jewish background and that this is the Messiah, the Christ, that has been promised to Israel and consequently then to the world, it is amazing to me that God would choose these wise men, these magi, to participate in these stories. It is especially, I think, um, it is especially uh, noticeable when you think about that Matthew was writing to a Jewish audience and somehow God through his work in Matthew's life, through inspiring him to write, he includes this story of these Gentile magi, that he would bring them into the story. Here they are, presented to us. And it says that they are coming to worship Christ. In verse 2, it says that they are coming to worship. In verse 8, it says that King Herod understands that they're to They're there to worship. They are wanting to join and worship with him. In verse 11, they go before Christ and they worship him. These Gentile magi, they are coming with that purpose. And again, it can be strange to those of us who have read the scripture and understand the story. It it can be strange that God would choose this company of men. Yet God chose them to remind us of the significance of this Christ of Christmas and to remind us of our opportunity and our privilege to worship him. It says that these men come and that they come recognizing the king of all kings. They come sensitive to the Lord's work. Now notice, they are sensitive to what God is doing here at Christmas. They're they're sensitive to God providing the Christ child. They see a star. God makes a revelation to them. He reveals himself. And may I say this to you? The only way that we can really know God is for him to reveal himself to us. And he has in so many different ways. He reveals himself. And these Gentile magi with a limited uh, knowledge of the Old Testament, at best a limited knowledge of the Old Testament, they see the star, they are sensitive to God's work, and they come. How about those Jewish priests, though? How about those Jewish rulers in contrast to these Gentile magi? It says that they come, and notice what happens. You've heard the story. I know you've heard the story many times, but look what it says. It says, they come and they say, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they tell the Magi where the Christ was to be born, and and then it says the Magi go off and they seek Christ there in Bethlehem. Have you ever asked yourself, what happened to those priests? Whatever happened to those other rulers of the Jewish people? I mean, it didn't even pique their interest that the Christ child might have been born? I mean, I, I, I hate to tell you, but I think I'd have just had to tag along to see what was going on. Huh? Wouldn't you? I mean, come on. Come on. Wouldn't your curiosity be just a little bit peaked at this point? 
to think that the Christ child might have been born. I mean, these people come from Persia. Now, they may have just dismissed them and said, well, look, these magi, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know the scriptures like we do. And after all, who knew the scriptures the most? The religious rulers, the priests, the chief officials. They know the scriptures. They know their faith. They know religion. And notice this. They miss God's working despite all of their knowledge. You know, I think as we approach Christmas, we need to take a lesson from these wise men. They are sensitive to God's work in their lives. They're sensitive to God speaking to them. The religious leaders, you would think they would be. But the religious leaders miss this whole point. They miss the Christ of Christmas. Out of neglect, out of just familiarity, perhaps they had been so religiously inoculated that they just miss God's work. Now, I grew up in a small Southern Baptist church and Look, I've got religion running out my ears. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I, I came up and I am so thankful for a Christian heritage. I'm so thankful for folks that taught me the scripture, taught me to love the scripture, taught me that it was the word of God and that it was the authority for my life. I'm so thankful for those opportunities. But I must constantly be aware that even religious or spiritual pride, it can hinder me in seeing God's work in my life. We need to be sensitive to God's work. These magi, they see God's work. I think Matthew, as he includes this story, I said Matthew writes predominantly to a Jewish audience, and yet he includes the story of the wise men, the magi. I think he might even be saying to those who have come up into these into the Jewish culture and they know the scripture, I think he may be even saying to them, don't miss the Christ of Christmas like so many of our leaders did. Don't miss the Christ of Christmas. They were sensitive to God's work. And look, they were determined to worship. They were going to seek the Christ of Christmas, no matter what challenges would come in the journey. And there were challenges in the journey. I mean, these wise men had come from the east. Many people think in that area of Persia or modern-day Iran. And here they had come to make this trip. That was a long trip. That was farther than, it's farther from Iran to Jerusalem than it is from Zachary to Rustin. You know that? It's a longer way. Long trip. Might have taken months. Even in the timing, as Herod inquires about the birth of the child, when the star appeared, it could have been up to two years later, we were told. They come to a house, actually, where they worship this Christ. So it could have been two years, months. Can you imagine investing that much time, interrupting your schedule for that long to worship, to just go to worship. There were thieves and dan other dangers. 
that they could have encountered along the way. But they sought the Christ of Christmas. They were determined. They wanted to make sure that they were going to fulfill their journey and fulfill their purpose. Now look, I think about the months and I think about the dangers and perhaps they had even heard of the, the horror that King Herod had inflicted upon his people. Maybe they had even heard that and yet they were willing to risk it all to go to worship. I hear all those things and I say, how in the world can it be that hard to get to church on Sunday morning, huh? But it is. I mean, it is. We have four children, four challenges <laughs> for Sunday morning, just Sunday morning. You know what it's like? The devil does a little work of overtime on Sunday morning, trying to do things to keep us away. And there's so many times that we will wilt in the face of the challenges and we'll just give up. But notice these magi, they had seen something. They had been sensitive to God's work and they wanted to go to worship and, and they weren't going to let anything stop them. I think that's a challenge for us. As we come to this place, this, we come to this Christmas season that God has called us to worship the Christ, that we are coming and that we are giving everything that we have, that we are determined to worship Him. There's so many distractions out there, too, around Christmas. So many distractions. I say to you that I enjoyed the mall yesterday just because it was a place of refuge and I didn't know what else was going on. But wow. Distractions? There are distractions everywhere. I know I'm going to love North Louisiana. Because there's a camo store in the mall. Did you know that? <laughs> I don't know if you've been down to this mall down here, but I'm... I said, God has just been speaking to me lately. The camo store, that's where I'm supposed to be. There are distractions. Around Christmas, there are all kinds of distractions. What are you going to get for people? How, how are you going to get everybody together? Look, there can be some good distractions. It's good distractions to have family in and to enjoy the times with family, right? That, those are good distractions. I, I see my dentist from Zachary. He's here today to make sure I look good for you all. <laughs> He's here visiting his mom. It's good to have family in. But Christmas is not just about family coming in. Christmas is not just about opening gifts. Christmas is not just about all the festivities that we can enjoy, the days off of work that we can have. No. Christmas is about seeking the Christ, the Savior, the Lord of Lords, and the King of Kings. It's about worshiping Him. And these magi, they remind us not to deal with the distractions, but to be determined to complete the journey and to worship. You see, they went with that singular purpose, as I mentioned. They went with that purpose. I think we have determination when we have purpose. We know what we're doing. We know what we're supposed to do. If we have purpose, we are, we are determined to fulfill that purpose. 
They had purpose, a single purpose. I mentioned to you verse 2, it says that they're coming to worship. In verse 8, King Herod says to them, you come and get me so that I can go and worship him too. He understood that their purpose was to worship. In verse 11, they worship the Christ child when they get there. So their purpose was to worship. And we need to have that singular purpose in our lives. And that drives us to determination. It drives us to seek him. And hopefully it, it opens the sensitivity to God's work in our lives. So first of all, these magi, they, these wise men, they were seeking the Christ of Christmas. They sought the Christ of Christmas. And then it says that after they sought him and they found him. Isn't it amazing that God has a way of allowing us to find him? I say that he takes the initiative in revealing himself to us. He takes the initiative in revealing himself to us and then he gives us the path that we need to follow to get there and to see him. So they come before him and notice again, notice again their response. In verse uh, 9 it says, When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. What a sight this must have been. What a sight this must have been. Just for a moment, try to envision it with, with me. These Gentile magi, these important men, these people of substance, these people that have been respected in their own communities, here they are lying prostrate on the floor before the young Jewish child. Shouldn't that have been a sight? I mean, here they are. They are, like, they are worshiping. It says that they fall down before Christ. And they are worshiping this young child. Even the posture, even the posture indicated their recognition of the Christ, of the king. Their posture, it, it, it demonstrated their heart, who they were. And look, that's just the authentic response to the Christ child. When you've been searching, you've been looking, you've been wanting to find him and you know who he is, when you get before him, I mean, the only thing you can do is worship. And that's what they find themselves doing. They're lying prostrate. They fall down and they worship him. You know, I, I think God just wants us to be authentic in our worship, that we just respond to his character and his mission and his purpose. I, I think that's all we've really got to do. I think that's what he wants us to do when we come to worship. I, I really, I, I don't believe we put on pretense. I don't believe that we just put on uh, some other mask. I think we just come before him, who we are, and we just worship him. And whatever way that is, whatever way that is, that we just worship him authentically each time.
And I would pray in the days to come, even as we come this day, I pray that when we gather on Sunday mornings, we'll just come as who we are, willing to let the Lord do a work in our lives to change us and transform us so that we can be his people. They worship. That word worship also, it, it means something like to kiss the hand, kiss the extended hand. It can mean to pay homage to a dignitary. I think even that word communicates how these wise men understood the Christ child as they were paying homage to a dignitary. They knew that they had come into the presence of the Christ of the king. Because really the Christ, it means the anointed one, the Messiah. He was to be the king that was to be born. Remember, they even asked King Herod, they say to him, for where is he? Or where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? They were coming in to the presence of the king. That is the reason they bow. That is the reason they worship. He is the Christ. He is the king. Now, certainly... That disturbed Herod. That disturbed Herod greatly. Where is he that's born the king of the Jews? Even that question would have stung Herod's heart. Because Herod knew, if he followed his own ancestry, that he had not been born the king of the Jews. He had just experienced the favor of the Romans. And somehow he had come to that position even because of his father. And here they are saying, where is he that is born the king of the Jews? See, they were coming to see the king. They were coming to see the Christ. And look, when you see the king, again, what? follows your your natural reverence and recognition of who he is of bowing before him of worship he is the king all right let me see how good you are there's a king that means there's also a kingdom right if you got a king you got to have a kingdom and in the kingdom there are servants. There are the people. So who would you say would be God's servants? All of us. We're his servants. So if he's the king and we're the servants, then what do we have to do? The only one thing I really have figured out about the kingdom. My responsibility and yours, do what the king says. I mean, this is not the democracy that we think the king. You do what he says, you worship him, and you demonstrate reverence. Now, most men want to serve the king. Most men want to serve God. That may surprise you. But I do believe most men want to serve God. Most of the time in an advisory role, but they want to serve God. (laughs) 
But God has called us all to worship and to serve and to follow him. And these wise men, these magi, as they come from the east, as they bow themselves before, these Gentiles bowing before a Jewish baby, a Jewish king, they recognize who he is. And this Christmas, as we recognize who he is, we'll have no trouble worshiping, worshiping him. Notice finally, they express their worship. They express, they express themselves by giving gifts. It says verse 11, they opened their treasures. They presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Strange gifts for a baby. You would know a man would pick out these kind of gifts, right? We're getting toward Christmas. Let's just go ahead and have some testimonials here. You know men don't have much preference or much choice about things, but here they are. They bring three gifts. It seems to be strange Till again, you consider the context. These are gifts for royalty. Gold being that most valuable metal. That most valuable gift, universal in this culture and in the world. Frankincense. Frankincense, which was used in the temples for sacrifices. Myrrh, which was this costly perfume or aroma. It was even used, even used in death preparation. Perhaps even pointing us even farther into Christ's life. They come bringing gifts to express their worship. There were people, there were men of means, and they came with the best that they could to worship him. They sought the Christ of Christmas, and listen, they worshiped the Christ of Christmas. Why are you here today? Why am I here are we here today just to see our friends? Oh, I love the church context. I love the church life of being able to see friends. I love being able to see real family. But that's not really what God intended for us to do today, just to see friends in this place. Are you here today because your mama and your daddy said you had to be here today? That's not just the best reason. Well, you know, this is good for my business. I'm networking. You know, I can do this. It's socially acceptable. It's the good thing to do. I understand there are all kinds of reasons and purposes. But I would pray that the reason we've come here today and the reason we will continue to seek him is because we want to worship him. And to recognize him as the king of kings and the Lord of lords in our lives. That we have come committed to serve and to obey and to follow wherever he would lead us. Would you seek the Christ of Christmas with me? Would you worship the Christ of Christmas with me? Would we be willing to see the Christ of Christmas work in our lives? And transform us in the days to come.